1: You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Now,
3: let's go ahead and get right into the rankings. Let's do it. So at number one, Justin Jefferson against Indianapolis. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, you know, hasn't really been shut down or anything this season. A few number one wide receivers have done relatively well against the Colts this year. Uh, especially lately you know cd wasn't really needed right like after dallas blew out indy so like he could have had a bigger game if they really wanted him to uh yeah. still he went for five for 71 in a touchdown against dallas devonta adams had a huge game against them in week 10 terry mclaurin in week nine you know Je- jefferson is jefferson <laughs> he's gonna be yeah. in line to have a very solid game uh this week and then devonta adams at two against new england uh, Jamar Chase at three against Tampa. It's possible that he's their only real healthy wide receiver. Uh, and, and it's funny because, like, this is the complete opposite just a few weeks ago where he right. was the least healthy. Um, but, you know, this is a very solid matchup against Tampa. He had a 50% target share last week with Higgins <laughs> and Boyd banged up. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes as the overall wide receiver one this week If these two, if these other two guys are still banged up.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase. And, you know, for some receivers, you might say, oh, well, you know, he's going to be drawing the top coverage and they're going to be able to shut him down. I think they'll definitely do their best, you know, to kind of – they could actually have an opportunity to double-team him this week and do what they need to do instead of leaving him out on an island because his competition – the competition at wide receiver outside that is Trent Irwin and um, Trent Taylor, the two Trents. (laughs) So people that you probably haven't even heard of, you're definitely not starting in your lineup. But Jamar Chase – I still think he has that potential, you know, like you said, to finish his wide receiver one because his connection with Joe Burrow is just off the charts. Uh, we saw it last week, like you said, with that high target share. Devonte Adams, he's been on and off, you know. Obviously, he's he had that stretch of games before this last game where he was quiet, where he did very well. But Derek Carr does this thing where it just sometimes he doesn't look his way, he doesn't target Devonte Adams the way he should, you know, in a game. He had six targets last week, he caught three of them. All three of the catches were. Pre- they were pretty good you know you saw the one obviously where Jalen Ramsey had his eyes covered like I don't know what you're doing not throwing the Devontae Adams but he, he should still be up here at too I think Justin yeah. Jefferson is Justin Jefferson like you said so he'll be at one Devontae Adams it, I think it, either it of these guys are liable to finish at the, the top. The
3: Devontae Adams thing like it seems like an outlier game you know like he had yeah. literally he had like one two three five straight games of just balling out you know so like he needed Correct. a game one game to just like you know you know Settle down a little bit now. You know, New England has given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers in terms of the, that number one wide receiver this year. They've gone off, so like I have no, I have no qualms about Devonta Adams as we kind of bounce it back to what we've been seeing. And then I got uh, I'm, I'm on Ra at number four against the Jets. Um, you know, not the best matchup in the world, but if you're going to beat the Jets, uh, you'll beat them out of the slot, and that's where Saint Brown runs most of his routes from. Uh, we've seen multiple slot wide receivers do their thing. Against the Jets this year, uh, Christian Kirk, Jerry Judy, uh, Jacoby Myers, just to name a few, um, and then I got AJ Brown at five against Chicago. They haven't let up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers this year. They've been especially stout on that left side where AJ Brown runs most of his routes from, uh, but they have let up a little bit elsewhere. You know, I have Devonte Smith at number twenty-three overall this week for wide receivers, and you know his matchup is better. Than AJ Brown's, given the fact that he runs most of his routes from the slot and the right perimeter. However, it's AJ Brown. AJ Brown is capable of having a big ceiling, beating any type of coverage at any point. So he's still going to be up here at number five.
4: Yeah. And it's like with these guys at the top, you know, the matchup obviously will help you make the determinations on, you know, how to rank them, I guess, overall. But with AJ Brown, you know, he could finish as wide receiver one. We've seen him do it many times. Jalen Hurts is balling out. Yeah, this is A.J. Brown we're talking about. Same with Amon Ross St. Brown. We know what he can do. I do like that he runs his routes out of the slot, you know, this week. Um, I know you watch more of the Jets games than I do, but I can't say. It seems like he's going to be avoiding sauce for the most part if he runs his routes in the slot. So that's good for him. And then that's just the thing. These top five guys, yeah. you know, they, they could fall in any order. They're all very talented. He's, we saw A.J. Brown. There was 0. 0.0 yards of separation on that one catch against the Titans, and he's still caught. It's like 100%. it doesn't matter the matchup. These guys are – just going to get it done for you each week. Um, If they have a quiet week, you just kind of put it past you and you look forward to the next week with these guys.
3: Yeah. And you know, i like he runs most of his routes from the slot, but like, you know, he still runs like a solid, like 40 to 45% of his routes, like on the outside. Um, They do bunch these guys up a little bit, which is nice. That's what you want to see. Kind of similar to how the Rams do it. Uh, So, you know, he can still get it done, but just keep in mind that he will be going up against sauce, you know, and and uh dj reed you know at times in this game so maybe the ceiling isn't as high uh but you know he's still somebody who can easily put up like you know nine catches for 120 and a touchdown it, it could yeah.
4: happen this week too Uh um, i have like cd the lamb and stat yeah, line yeah, go ahead. we always predict for Amon ross and <laughs> pretty you know, much, eight, pretty much. eight to ten catch range like low to mid hundred yards and then a touchdown seems to come along it doesn't matter. Like you could talk about touchdown percent if whether he scores a lot of touchdowns or not. He does score a lot of touchdowns, but like he's catching so many passes, you got to think at least one of them every week is going to be a touchdown.
3: Exactly, exactly. And he's been he's been stopped short of the goal line so many times this year. Yeah, at the and one that's why. That's
4: part of why Jamal Williams has just been a touchdown machine. <laughs>
3: Exactly. Exactly. Um, I got C.D. Lamb at six against Jacksonville. Uh, he's been running 60% of his routes from the slot this season. And Jacksonville has been especially bad against slot wide receivers. They've given up the second most fantasy points to them over the last eight weeks. Uh, do you expect this to be a little bit more of a competitive game? This game is in Jacksonville this week.
4: It'll be a competitive game. And I just have this feeling. I'm not saying it's because like, Oh well, Dallas struggled against Houston, so they're gonna struggle against Jacksonville. It's a week to week league, you know. Obviously, these things happen. I think Dallas is a better team. I think they'll pull away eventually and win. I think it'll be comfortable, like a ten point margin. But I think for part of the game, you know, it'll be competitive enough. Competitive enough that Dallas is gonna be throwing the ball. This Jaguars offense is not anything to sneeze at. You know, they can do what they need to do. They have playmakers on defense. Um, I, I think that this should be a close enough game that you don't have to worry about CD Lamb, you know, just being phased out by the second half. I think they're going to actually look to get him a little bit more involved after he was only targeted a couple times last week. He didn't do a whole lot. And obviously that was a tough matchup against the Texans from a fantasy perspective, but Dak has been turning the ball over. This is like the one spot. This is what Dallas needs. They need to tune up for the matchup against the Eagles. And that's what everyone talks about. The Cowboys looking past this game, but I think they can use this game, uh, you know, get that final tune up, get Dak back in a rhythm. And if he gets back in a rhythm, CeeDee Lamb should be doing his thing because CeeDee Lamb has been targeted heavily um he's targeted a lot before this last week where he was just quiet so i think he'll get back on track and i think having him at 6 makes sense
5: selling a little or a lot
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I got Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill
3: at eight in what looks like a snow game in Buffalo. You know, the weather might suck. And if the weather does suck, like, you know, where do we cross the line? Like, where do we put that line of demarcation of like, okay, I'm going to start these guys over Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill. Um, I already have Jalen (laughs) Waddle pretty low this week. Uh, But that's not just because of the weather,
4: though.
3: Agreed. Agreed. Now, here's the thing. Like, if we know the weather's going to suck, right? Like, you got studs and guys like Garrett Wilson, Keenan Allen, Christian Watson. I have these guys at at 9, 10, and 11. Like, do we keep Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill here? Or, like, are you playing the guys that I just mentioned over these two snow game guys?
4: I'm leaving Stephon Diggs, you know, up above them. This is the Bills. You know, obviously, they're used to playing in the cold and I like the quarterback situation for Stefan Diggs a lot more. Uh, I think the Bills are going to do much better in this game than the Dolphins are. Um, Not a shot at Tyreek Hill, but just Tua has not looked as good as he did at the beginning of the season. Obviously, he's on a bit of a cold streak, and to go into a cold stadium on a cold streak, it just doesn't sound good. There might be a little bit of a frostbite there for Tua, and he might not do a whole lot this week. So I, I think I would leave Stefan Diggs at seven. I would consider Keenan Allen. I would consider Garrett Wilson. And I'll maybe even consider Christian Watson, like you said, over Tyreek Hill. And it would be a consideration that I have. You know, you don't want to bench Tyreek Hill. It feels weird. No, (laughs) it feels so weird. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you want to bench Tyreek Hill. But I will say that there might be merit in having a discussion with yourself or just making a decision that maybe like even a guy like Christian Watson, we've seen the upside that he has. He seems to be locked in for touchdowns. Maybe you just start him, because he might not... Even if he doesn't have as big a day as Tyreek Hill does, if Tyreek Hill is a big day, you're not going to be hurting that much. It might be a five-point difference. So I would have that conversation. Any of those guys, you could justify so I'd be okay starting any of them over Tyreek Hill, but the default for me would be Tyreek Hill. It would take... I'm not sure what it would take. um Eventually, it put me over the top, but it would be the snow. I want to see... It's only seven inches, so I think yeah. that it might not be... That bad. It's not seven inches falling during game time. You know they're calling for seven inches of snow, so it might just be a regular snow, and we've seen players get through that just fine. So for now, I'm starting Tyreek Hill over those guys, but you could definitely justify Wilson Allen or Watson over him. And then you know, and like
3: have Christian Watson at eleven against the Rams, which is a great matchup, yeah. right? He lines up all over the place, and it just so happens that the Rams have sucked everywhere you know, regardless of where wide receivers are lining up uh, their bottom 10 in fantasy points given up from both perimeter spots left and right and the slot as well over the last eight weeks and the last four weeks, um, right. you know, and Keenan Allen, I have him at 10, you know, Tennessee is a lot more vulnerable to perimeter wide receivers, but I still expect Justin Herbert uh, to focus in on Keenan Allen. He's at 28% target share or more in three of his last four games. Uh, we saw Christian Kirk had a quiet game against uh Tennessee last week out of the slot as I expected but Keenan Allen he's different right I yeah. I think he can overcome it and I think he's going to get the target share regardless
4: yeah I, I love Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen I don't really care what the matchup is as lo- Justin Herbert like I always say I said this I don't know how many times I've said this on the podcast Justin Herbert is a different quarterback when Keenan Allen plays and that bodes well for both of them so I, I think Keenan Allen you could definitely have him I think this might be a little bit conservative of a ranking. You know, against Tennessee, they're not a very good defense um, in terms of the past game. They've led up some big games to wide receiver ones. That's what Keenan Allen is. They have their full complement of weapons. They're going to be spread pretty thin in that secondary dealing with all these weapons. Josh Palmer has even emerged, as you know, a pretty good weapon uh, for the Chargers. So I think that Keenan Allen could get it done, absolutely.
3: Casio U- U- Uchiha. Appreciate the super chat. Uh and we're getting into DK Metcalf right now, and you're gonna find yep. out why I like DK Metcalf more than Jalen Waddle. Um so we're going DK over Waddle this week. Yep. And then between golf and and Mike White, I think both of us are going Mike White, right? Yeah, if if it weren't
4: for the Jets the matchup being golf yeah. matchup, you know, I I would say I would say golf because it's just I like the offense for the Lions more, just a little bit more than the Jets. But of course, yeah. So they're going to have a couple of their receivers locked up. If it's not going on I'm on Ross Saint Brown, I don't know who's going to be going to. We've seen Golf kind of struggle against good defenses. He's played two really good matchups these past few weeks, and he's capitalized. So he does look good. But um, I think that White is the way to go here too. Yeah,
3: he struggled against pressure. He hasn't thrown many touchdowns in away games, and yeah, and this is a really good defense. So I'm staying away from right. Golf if I can this week. All right. Um, so let's see. So let's see. Who do I have? Okay. We're now Tyler despite Locked this tough matchup and what this looks like a tough matchup against San Francisco, you know, I have the dynamic duo of Tau Lock yep. and DK Metcalf at twelve and thirteen. They're gonna forever move together. Um the 49ers, you know, they have been a little vulnerable in their secondary lately, especially on the right side uh and the slot, right? We've been talking about the slot the whole time, but the right side has kind of opened up a little bit as well. And that's why I'm putting Tyler Lockett ahead of DK Metcalf this week because of the fact that his matchup out of the slot and the right perimeter where he runs most of his routes from is better than DK's, who runs most of his routes on that left perimeter. So it's been six games in a row now with Lockett with a Locket touchdown. It's been two games in a row for Metcalf. You know, this is one of the yeah. reasons why I'm not necessarily benching Geno Smith because both these guys can still go off.
4: Yeah, I'm not too worried about it either. You know, I think it makes sense to have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf here. Both of them pretty much borderline wide receiver ones. Um, And I think that makes sense. Take away uh, the matchup against Miami, right? And even then, Tyreek Hill got it done for the 49ers defense, I should say. Take away that matchup. These are the offenses that the 49ers defense have played. And the 49ers defense is very talented and they're Mm -hmm. very good. But just just listen to this. They play Tampa Bay. Is the Tampa Bay offense anything to be scared of really at this point? No. 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 Okay. How about New Orleans with Andy Dalton? They got shut out. Is that really a high-end offense? No. Nope. Arizona with Colt McCoy? Nope. No. Los Angeles Chargers, they were missing Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I think, in Week 10, right? Agreed. These are the teams they've played. They may not have faced an offense with the star power in a few weeks like the Seahawks have tonight. So I think you could get away with starting these guys. The 49ers defense is good. But I don't think they've been tested in a little while. So we might see them struggle a little bit tonight. I think this makes sense to have them at 12 and 13. Love it. Love it. I got Chris Godwin
3: at 14 against Cincinnati. Uh, We know his target share will be there. Uh, Christian Kirk against Dallas at 15. Chris Olave against Atlanta at 16. Atlanta has been low key impressive lately. You know, they've given up the least amount of fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. And they've they've been getting better like as the season has progressed in, in that department. Um, right. I still like Olave this week, you know, but I initially thought that he was going to be a bit higher in my rankings this week until I started to look at the numbers and started doing a little bit of research for this week. I was like, oh, okay. Like I still like him. Obviously, he's at 16, which is higher than he's been at lately. Yeah. Um, But I I think he can still get it done against this Atlanta secondary.
4: Yeah, it's been a bit of a turnaround for Atlanta secondary at the beginning of the season. You know, AJ Terrell was getting picked on a little bit, but he seems like he's locked it down a little bit more these past few weeks. He's looked better and the Saints are coming off a bye. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Right. They're coming off a bye. The Saints are. Yes. Yeah, yes. they're coming off a buy. Sorry, I just thought for a second that I was saying crap. So <laughs> they are no, coming they off are. a buy. Yeah. So Chris Olave, we haven't seen him in a little bit. It feels like we've been a little bit detached from him. The weeks before, two weeks ago, we had him ranked as a what? Was it a low end wide receiver two, maybe a high end wide receiver two? Yeah. Borderline
3: wide receiver two. Yeah. So
4: this is a little bit higher than we have had him. It's true, but I think that they can get it done. This is going to be them playing against you know a rookie quarterback. We'll see how this offense goes they've been quiet these past few weeks hopefully some adjustments come in and chris Olave could get some more targets than he's had in the past few weeks he hasn't been bad bad but you know he hasn't been consistent enough to be started at this type of level where we haven't ranked but i think he can get back to that this week
3: i have deandre hopkins here at 17 um in a tough matchup against denver and you know it's that and the fact that kyle murray is out that makes him a wide receiver too at best yeah and you know hopefully this doesn't turn bad for colt mccoy this week um because it could turn bad (laughs) against his denver defense (laughs) it's possible um and then at 18 i have jerry judy in a great matchup against arizona they've given up the third most fantasy points to slot wide receivers and he's coming off a three touchdown game uh i got mike williams at 19 against tennessee this is a great matchup on the outside for him he returned to a a near full-time role last week he didn't come back to like a, a absolute full participation. I'm expecting that to go up this week. He, he didn't leave the game with anything aggravated. That right, <laughs> the high ankle sprain seemed to be you know intact. So, oh, I mean, the ankle itself seems to be intact, yeah. which is good news. So hopefully he'll come back in this game and, and have a big week.
4: That's the bar that he's been needing to clear these past few weeks, you know, and just pretty much this whole season. You know, he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit, but Mike Williams, when he's on the field, especially with Keenan Allen there, obviously we got one of, a look at him for like two or three plays the other night, uh the other week on Sunday Night Football, right? Uh, that was against, or whoever it was. But Josh Palmer I mean, had that big game. He was on, yeah. He was on the field for one game, caught one pass and he was out. But we saw it last week what they can do. Oh, you're, talking about, you're talking
3: about the Chiefs game. The Chiefs yeah, game yeah, when Mike yeah, Williams, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. So
4: we saw him, for we saw the full compliment for three plays before last week, you know, and um it looks really good. Mike Williams, I'm not worried about him. I do think Keenan Allen has a safer floor because we talked about his target share. It's just It's going to be higher. That's the way it's going to be. Justin uh, Herbert has a good connection with Keenan Allen. And it's not to say his connection with Mike Williams is bad either, but Mike Williams is more of the big play threat. And you really play him for upside. This is why you have him ranked here. It's a little bit conservative. I think that this ceiling far outweighs where we have him ranked right now. But, um, you know, you're just not sure. Like you said, that route participation has to go up. If it goes back up to that full route participation, do you think we'll be having him uh, ranked more towards the top fifteen? Like we had him it, earlier, it depends.
3: it depends. because we need more of a sample size of what this target share looks like with both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the field at the same time, right? We right. had him much higher when he was healthy, but you know that was without Keenan Allen. So with Keenan Allen now, the targets might go down, and he might become a little bit more touchdown dependent, like he was last week.
4: You have to figure that with Justin Herbert at quarterback, that he could easily support two wide receiver ones in a week. I think agreed. Right. Uh, but tell that
3: to Mike Williams' managers. Over the last like, <laughs> two two seasons, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like we have yes, a, we have a huge true. sample size of Michael Williams being completely up and down, completely boom bust. You know when Keenan Allen's on the field. Yeah, and the that's, anti- that's my Keenan only Allen. concern.
4: Keenan Allen's just <laughs> like the you solid know what, thing. Though,
3: this week, though, you know I like Michael Williams matchup more than Keenan Allen's, but I was still expecting Allen to get more most of the targets. Um, right. but I think you know on the outside, you know we talked about it, Tennessee's defense is is not good so they can definitely get it done we saw you know these these wide receivers on the outside last week do their thing so um let's see i really like michael Pittman this week against minnesota he runs most of his perimeter routes on the left side and minnesota has given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers who line up on the left perimeter over the last eight weeks and we saw last week dj shark on that left side against minnesota getting that long touchdown Right. Uh yeah. Paris Campbell has the next best matchup out of the slot between him and Alec Pierce. If you're trying to figure out between those two. Uh so it's really that left side and the slot where they've been vulnerable. And Pittman runs a combined sixty five percent of his routes from those two spots. So I'm expecting a good game from him on Sunday.
4: Yeah. And <laughs> for me, it comes down to you know, who are they playing? Minnesota? Okay start you know exactly. obviously, this, this defense has just been bad against the past and michael, michael pittman he, he's been pretty quiet the past few weeks but i think that he can get things done you know obviously in, in a plus matchup this week he hasn't had good matchups for a couple weeks i don't think right i, I think he's had no a not tough really stretch. yeah he's and then had he, tough matchups they're coming off by they should have had a chance to adjust um you know we'll see how this stretch of games goes at the end for jeff saturday we'll see what kind of adjustments he makes you know and whether he might be able to hold on to that job might come down to how this team performs. And Michael Pittman would have to be a big part of that for them to be scoring and keeping up with Minnesota. So I think they, they're definitely capable of doing it. Um, we just have to see it happen.
3: I have no idea if T. Higgins is playing this week. Right? He's been limited. Yeah, I don't either. But let's see what his practice reports are for the rest of the week. If he gets a full practice, I think I'll be moving him up uh, to maybe ahead of Chris Godwin maybe at 14, something around there. But for now... Assuming that he's going to be limited all week, I'm not going to trust him, uh, especially over a lot of these guys. So I'm drawing the line here and leaving him at 21 for now ahead of Terry McLaurin.
0: Yeah. Now, Uh, if he has
3: full practices, you know, let's say he gets a full practice today. Today's Thursday. And then he gets another full practice tomorrow on Friday. Are you a lot more confident in Higgins this weekend?
4: Yeah. If he gets a full practice, practice definitely i mean of course i'd be confident that at that point but it's just limited that that limited tag that makes you of course you know hesitant to put him any higher than we have him at 21 and it feels especially weird to have after, him
3: especially after this past sunday what
4: happened <laughs> yeah 100% that it came out of the blue you know it's like one of those trust breakers immediately you're not sure where you're going to get with him but he did practice today i think sleeper has a report out it doesn't say whether it was limited or full but he did practice again today Yeah, so, we'll get
3: that practice report a little bit later
4: yeah i guess i guess you can say it's a good thing um I don't know if he's going to play. I hope he plays. But if he doesn't, you know, Jamar Chase, its not whether he plays or not, you're not going to affect Jamar Chase. The only thing that would be affected by T. Higgins playing would be T. Higgins. So I I think that you can start him if he does play. That's what I would do. I I think that having him at 21 kind of takes into account. It's baked in, you know, the risk that you have with him. But I think his upside is pretty high, just as long as he plays. 100%. That's all you need to rely on.
3: Even if he gets a full practice on Friday, I'll move him up about six, seven spots, I would say. Um, McLaurin had a good game against the Giants before the bye. I have him at 22. Uh, he went eight for 105 and a touchdown. That was his best fantasy output of the season. And we talked about how good of a matchup that was for him You know, before that game uh, in week, what was it, week 13? I think it was. Yes. So, you know, fire him up as a low-end wide receiver too. This week, um, Devontae Smith at 23, solid matchup, like I talked about before. Uh, you know, just keep in mind this might be a Miles Sanders game. Uh, Juju at 24 against Houston, not the best matchup in the world, but he still no. got it done last week against Denver. So you know, <laughs> like yeah. if he can get it done against Denver, he can potentially get it done against Houston too.
4: It is Patrick Mahomes too, and obviously no exactly. quarterback is like you know. I guess I guess you could say maybe Patrick Mahomes is matchup proof, but this season the Texas defense has been pretty good against receivers and quarterbacks. The run game has where they've been you know blown up. And we've seen that week in, week out. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster had a good matchup, like you said, against Denver last week. So I think that they're definitely capable of getting it done, but I'm still tempering expectations with him, especially with guys like Devontae Smith, like you said, up above him. Terry McLaurin, um, I-, I think this could be you know, a repeat matchup of what we saw in week 13, like you said, because not much has changed with the Giants. And obviously Terry McLaurin and the commanders have been on by. So it's going to be pretty much just a grudge match of doing it again. I can see Terry McLaurin doing his thing. Um, This feels a little bit maybe low. I think Terry McLaurin's upside is much higher than 22. You know, I think I'm going to play Josh Palmer over Juju, actually. <laughs>
3: you know, Juju, you know, he's going up against Desmond King, and that that, that kind of worries me just a little bit. I really like Josh Palmer this week. You know, he had a relatively quiet game last week, but like I said before, you know, I really like this matchup on the outside against Tennessee. The Titans are giving up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks and the second most over the last eight weeks. And even though Mike Williams was back last week, Palmer ran a route on 81% of dropbacks and he ran routes from the perimeter at a 70% rate. So I'm firing him up this week. I understand Mike Williams is back, but I, I think Josh Palmer has a high ceiling and I think he has a good game this week.
4: Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Even with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in the lineup, he still got six targets last week. And he's still, like, he's a big play threat. Like, he kind of took over that role for Mike Williams in this couple weeks where he was out with Keenan Allen, you know, back in the fold. So, I wouldn't count Josh Palmer out. I think any of these guys are liable to go off. It's funny. We've seen Josh Palmer do this before, too. It's not just this, you know, this season. He's been around, and he's been doing his thing. So, if Mike Williams is quiet or if he's limited at all, you know, we'll see if he gets back up to that route participation, um, obviously, when they play. But, if he's limited at all, Josh Palmer could be the beneficiary here. Um, all it takes is him to get a couple more target, a couple targets like he has, like he has gotten, and he can do plenty with it. You know, it's just he happens to be buried behind two very good talents in Keen Allen and Mike Williams.
3: I got Jalen Waddle at twenty six. Uh, you know, this is just—it's hard to trust. You know, in that rough weather game in Buffalo, and, and on top of that, like like you mentioned earlier, right? It's not just because of that. He hasn't really shown that ceiling lately. Right. right, so I'm I'm okay trying to find alternatives for him. That's why I have him down here as like a high-end wide receiver three.
4: Yeah, I think it makes sense to have him. Mean, this is I think this is a floor ranking. Obviously, he's been super yeah. quiet, but we've seen when Tua is in trouble, he isn't really looking for Jalen Waddle. He's looking for Tyreek Hill. Um, Tyreek Hill is definitely I think still the better better receiver overall. He's just different. Jalen Waddle is very fast too, but he's just not on the level of Tyreek Hill and just the way that we've seen Tua play recently like i said if he's going to look for someone when he's in trouble which he has been the past few weeks it's been Tyreek Hill um you can't really trust Jalen Waddle especially with the weather the way it's going to be i just like i said i see the dolphins going out and just flopping around you know on the <laughs> snow that's what's going to happen i don't think i don't think it'd be a very good game offensively for them i think it'd be pretty uh frustrating for them um it's a saturday night game right yeah it's saturday I think night so, game. Yeah um i could see them just going out flopping around and just having a a rough go of it um in the snow so like i said part of that is also because you know they're a warm weather team they play down in miami so (laughs) they're used to the warm weather i did did you see mike mcdaniel's wearing a shirt at practice that says i wish it was colder or something like that (laughs) that's gonna look hilarious because i like i said i don't see a very good outing for this team um Offensively this week, Jalen Waddle. I think it seems a little drastic to have him at 26, but this could very well be where he finishes. Um, I think this is right about where he. It's well within his range of finishes. Where you're not going to say, "Oh, it's an outlier" if he finishes at 26.
3: I got Amari Cooper at 27, and this might be way too low. Uh, you know, Baltimore has actually allowed the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks, so they kind of regress a little bit. But, you know, we just haven't seen that Cooper-Watson connection yet, right? That's my only concern. Like, it's going to hit at some point because I think Deshaun's a good quarterback. Amari Cooper's obviously a very good wide receiver. I just don't know when it's going to happen. And I think if you need to chase a ceiling, I think Cooper is a good ceiling chaser play this week because we know he has that ceiling in him. You know, I would call him a boom-bust play. Like, that's what he is right now.
4: Yeah, that's... What he is right now, and that's it. He's been a floor play, not even a floor play. He's just been hitting the floor, you know, a couple times <laughs> these past few weeks since De- since Deshaun Watson has come back. Um, I- I'm I've soured a lot on Amari Cooper. I was very big on Amari Cooper, you know, earlier in the season with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, and I was talking about it like, oh, Deshaun Watson can come back, It's going to be better. No, Diamond People's Jones looks like he's the guy right now. Uh, he had a DeSean career Watson. game last week. Yeah, so I don't think you can. You don't want to undervalue that because if Deshaun Watson is going to come in and who does it look like he has a connection with most right now is Diamond Peoples-Jones. You can't undervalue that. Um, Amari Cooper is a better receiver, I think, and I think it's not very close. Amari Cooper is a much better receiver than Diamond Peoples-Jones, but until Deshaun Watson starts clicking with him, you know, it's, it's just not going to be a very good uh, season for Amari Cooper. And I think that this season, it might be a little uh, over dramatic to say it, but I think that we might have seen the best from Murray Cooper this season, and don't say it. Might say it ain't might, so, Zach. Yeah, well, say it ain't so. I wish this wasn't the case, but I think it might take until next season. It might take a whole off season before they start showing any type of connection and fantasy relevance um, for Murray Cooper. So I'm not shutting him down. I'm still starting him if I have him, but I'm not going in with high expectations the rest of the way.
3: I hear you, and I have diamond Peoples Jones down here at at thirty. So I am playing Cooper above dpj but maybe dpj's is, <laughs> has a higher floor than amari at this point uh but yep. yeah I'm, I'm still playing amari cooper over him barely i got mm-hmm. brandon ayuk at 28 against seattle uh you know i don't know if i trust ba- brock purdy to get it to ayuk you know especially against the defense i don't giving up giving up the <laughs> third least uh third least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks they're just stout against wide receivers and you know even with debo out like, I don't know if Ayuk has that much of a ceiling this week.
4: No. And I said, I don't trust him to get the ball to Ayuk either. Even with Debo out. And even with that touchdown pass that Purdy had to Brand Ayuk last week. All of his production came on that play pretty much. <laughs> you know, outside right. of that, he had three targets. He had two catches. Brock Purdy's not looking for him. And why would you, when you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, who you can throw to ten times a game, and just hand the ball many times a day?
3: Christian McCaffrey might get like thirty touches tonight.
4: Yeah, I can see, and it's very possible. So with Brendan Ayuk, Jimmy Garoppolo, we saw this um, early in the season. You know, he started looking Brendan Ayuk's way, and then he didn't stop. He had a high target share um, the few weeks before this, but now he's back down, and it's come down to the quarterback changes that really have dictated Ayuk's performance and. If things aren't looking good. And like you said, the matchup isn't anything to behold either. So I would say you you could get away with benching Brent Naive this week. I'd be surprised if he has a good night.
3: There you go. I've got Marquise Brown at 29 and Diamond Peoples-Jones, like I said, at 30. Uh, if you want the rest of the wide receiver rankings, you can check out our Patreon page. Uh, it's linked in the description of wherever you're watching or listening. Uh, but we'll have that up later today before Thursday Night Football. And we'll also have the rest of the positions – and flex rankings as well
1: 2400 sports is an odyssey company
2: (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too